Hello, listeners. Welcome again to the Mysteries Unknown podcast with me, Hunter, the MC. And this is, once again, my segment, Behind the Mist. I have a wonderful and lovely guest for you all today. You may recognize her as the voice behind Corey Vidalis from the Rolling in the Mist podcast. She is also on her resume an actress, short film director, and even a part-time model. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, give it up for Bex. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, what up is Bex? Also, Tari. Tari Vidalis. <laughs> and she's with the crime family. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, yes. I'm with the crime family. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Put that on a coffee mug. All right. <laughs> so, Bex, as I usually like to have people come up here, give us a history of your experiences with TTRPGs. Uh, yeah, so my first exposure to the tabletop role-playing games would have to be, um, geez, I think it was high school. Um, one of my friends, it was actually a family tradition of theirs to get everyone in the family, even like extended, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, um, to play Dungeons and Dragons for Christmas. And like, it's something that they were carrying on for years um like 20 plus players because it was the whole family and like you can imagine nothing got done (laughs) i think i was only there for maybe two sessions and i think it was the same battle (laughs) but i loved the dynamic of just everyone creating their characters and and um you know all of these different moves and, and abilities that you could have that it was something that during the pandemic, you know, I, I remembered, you know what? Something that I've always wanted to do was lead a uh, a campaign of my own. And so that's where I started doing or jumping into homebrews and everything. And then it was shortly after that, that, um, you know, working with Bravo and whatnot, that they, they asked me, um, the Odd Loot Crew, I mean, they asked me to be a part of Rolling in the Mist. And I'm so glad that they did. It's been such a blast. All right, and that's a perfect segment, a segue to tie into. So how did you and Bravo meet up, and what got you to be a part of the boys of the Odd Loot Crew, as I like to call them? Oh, yes, the Odd Boys. Um, So, let's see, it would have been... <laughs> I'm trying to get that to stick. Just keep passing it around. Um, So it was right before lockdown, and right after I moved to L.A., Um that there's this program called Nosotros, which is, like, um, it's primarily for, like, Latino um, filmmakers, actors, and whatnot, and they hold a lot of workshops and networking events, Um, and I happened to be invited to their Christmas party, which was just, like, yeah, a time for mingling, a time for just, like, you know, uh, getting to know this program in and of itself. And I happened to bump into Bravo over by, like, the photo booth section. And, you know, he's got such a friendly, open, and, you know, warm personality that, it, like, we clicked as friends, and we weren't entirely sure that we weren't already friends, which was funny, because we're like, I don't know, we both have done, like, a lot of things around LA. Chances are we've already met. Whether we are official friends or not, let's make it official now. And then, um... From there, um, you know, because I've I've created my own projects, and then Bravo obviously has been working on a ton with with the boys um, for a while. 
And uh, since we hit it off, and I had expressed my interest of, like, these are the things I like to do, you know, the, the Dungeons and Dragons, you know, making your own projects, kind of like, you know, why, why wait for auditions when you can just create your own things while you're waiting for auditions? Um, they, he and Kevin did an interview with me just to see if I could jive with them in general. And, um, yeah, I got a, I got a stamp of approval and immediately we went straight into recording projects and it's, it's been so much fun. All right. So let's just kind of dive into your character that you do on Rolling the Mist, the yeah. lovely Corey Vidalis, mm. <laughs> which is the Rift of Persephone. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, she is the Rift of Persephone. Um, like as far as how I came up with her or... Well, I, that's what I was kind of into. Was like, was that your original idea of Corey herself, or were there some other ideas you kind of just tossing around before you said, oh, "Like this is this is her," basically? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So this this uh, game honestly was perfect for me. I am a huge Greek mythology nerd, so Persephone was definitely like my first one or two ideas. I also am a huge like anime nerd love well i just like mythology in general um so i was actually curious about a nine-tailed fox character um but i heard that pablo had his um but his was like from more of like a, a korean background so i was like ah. but you know what let's be real persephone has always been like at the top of my list as far as mythology stories go so, you know what? Let me lean into that. I think that could be really fun. You know, you've got this this spring aspect, you know, plants as, like, something that could feed into abilities. You've got the underworld aspect, which also really works well for, you know, crime. You know, it's, uh, you know, it goes both ways. Underworld, underworld. Um, and, you know, at first I was thinking, okay, Persephone, she's someone who... <clears throat> you know she's got she's got a lot of pressure coming from her mom is that going to be an aspect in this story um or you know what is her personality going to come through like is it going to be soft but she actually has like this hidden dark side or whatnot um but for me whatever games i play i always like to draw out the character just so that i can get kind of a feel of like okay who who am i bringing to life here it, it actually helps with like the voice um and what i had drawn was it was it was like a mixture of a, a, a reference piece of art from like an old-timey actress mixed together with kind of like that old um disney uh or, or like betty boop style mm -hmm. and when i presented this to the guys of like hey yeah this is this is the vibe i'm getting the more i think about persephone um you know, they were talking about, like, okay, she seems like this kind of person, she seems like that kind of person. Pablo had said, I bet she sounds just like Harley Quinn. And that was where I was like, oh, let me play with that and see who she becomes. And she just, oh my god, she's so fabulous. Yeah, because the voice definitely gives off the Margot Robbie vibes for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's, I was like, that is a voice that is in my wheelhouse. I can absolutely do that. Um, and, oh my god, she, like, this, th this character has been very surprising for me. You know, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful place to be where, you know, just having fun and being a character that embodies, like, a, everything's gonna work out just 
fine. Like, I'm worried about nothing. And I like what I like. You know, she's just, she's very, very clear in who she is. Um, even as she's growing throughout the story. And that's that's been so fun. Like, even a little challenging, but I, I've loved playing that character. Yeah, so... Also, just a quick plug on behalf of Oddly Really Quick. Um, if you go to the City Miss Garage on Drive-Thru RPG website, you can actually purchase and play as the characters from both Seasons 1 and 2 on the Rolling in the Mist podcast. They all have their own power tags, weakness tags, and some improvements that you can play with them. So if you want to play as these amazing characters at your table, just go there and purchase them. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I've been I've been happy to see that people have <laughs> they like us. They're getting they're getting some of our our characters. It's been really really cool to see. Yeah, I bought them as always, and originally I was a uh, give I was giving them to like people in the podcast. Like if because at first I figured like oh well let's see if they want to play, and then I asked Kevin Carpenter if it would be okay because I think I had someone wanted to be play as um ah Pablo's character that sounds like John Mulaney and you forget his name already off the top oh, of my head Marty Blanc Marty Blanc, Marty Blanc. Yeah. I had someone ask if he could play Marty Blanc and Kevin Carpenter's like I appreciate that y'all want to do that but just not for this one I'm like ah that's fair so yeah true, but just true. the fact but the, these characters are just so cool and I'm still my top one still is uh when Jason Samuel Payne he's been just one of my favorite uh characters so far but season oh, yeah. two I've really been enjoying as well so and Cutting back to Corby, we also can't forget her lovable service dog spot. Yes. Oh my goodness. I that was that was kind of a challenge towards the end, especially as Corey was growing more independent and more grounded. Um I mean one one of the her her cards for him, because he was um yeah, Cerberus had his own like card. Um mm-hmm. I was, uh, the the familiar, that's right. Um, and one of the the story things that you know we were trying to figure out for her was like, is Cerberus always going to be like that kind of crutch for her? Because he is so amazing, obviously, with that whole like bark, bark, hello, you know, <laughs> aspect. The of rules the of three funny. that was it. Uh, Ryan, I think, made that one up. I think just yeah, the yeah. Spot. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. <laughs> it's like so dry with that voice of just like. They're here. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> oh my gosh! Honestly, we I I do wish we we played a little bit more with that, but I know each of us we, we were so involved with just like what is happening with our own stories, and like I said, Corey was growing to be more independent. That it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I have to remember in the story where is Spot? Is he somewhere around here? And is he okay? That was that was also a thing I was afraid of. I really wanted Cerberus to live. Maybe I was playing it a little too safe, but, you know, Spot, he's a good boy. I just want him to be okay. All right. And I actually just thought about this because when I think Cerberus, most people think Hades, not Persephone. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to answer this if it's a sport too big of a spoiler, but I'm just curious. Is there a reason that Spot, aka Cerberus, is with Persephone and not Hades? Uh, it's not, it's not a spoiler. Um, I, I would say, you know, when I, when I was creating this character, imagining like, you know, rich heiress and whatnot and how, I mean, what we've seen so far in the story is she's definitely someone that for a while was not being taken seriously. You know, she is, you know, the mafia thing seems to be really like 
a boys club unless you make a name for yourself kind of like you know minerva or your juno who's connected to someone who's strong so to have but that's i i felt like that was probably something in the relationship between mr vidalis and corey where he's just kind of like you know corey's small she's weak she's kind of more of like arm candy than anything let me just make sure she's got someone with her number one to make sure she's safe but also like kind of to, to keep her entertained i i saw that being the reason why spot was always was given to her i just the first thought that immediately popped in my head as i'm thinking about this it's like one of those uh comedy like breakup scenes where it's like i'm leaving you and i'm taking the dog too oh my gosh yes exactly <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, Spot's been with with Corey for so long. You know, does 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 Mr. Vidalis even know? Does he remember? You know, he's so, he's so mysterious. So it's a it's a it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and so so I actually um kind of a side tangent, but ties into kind of a little bit what we're talking about. I got the chance to be on a podcast called the RPG Goblin. And it's ran by a woman named Willow, and what she does is she just talks about various different tabletop RPGs. Yeah. And she had gotten the City of Mist books some time ago, but she's like, I hadn't read them through yet, but I really want to talk about them because they look good. And then she just did a social media search, and somehow it landed on me. And so I got to go on, and we just released the episode where I basically just go over like what City of Mist is. And of course, as always, whenever I talk about Save Mist, I have to mention Rolling in the Mist podcast because you guys Aww. were the inspiration for why I'm doing my own show on top of all that. Oh, that's and awesome. Then, and then I actually I brought mentioned a couple of scenes that from like y'all show like when uh Marty Blanc stole that scientist's powers after killing him. Oh my god. Yes. Cause I used that to talk about getting extra themes, because that's a game mechanic in the game, and then yeah, just funny. So we got to do that, and I just talked about all these different things that go on in City of Mist and just parts I've done. And also, y'all did implement Rule 3 again after Otis got introduced and he had the pigeons in the sewer, though. Yeah, fuck you, Jerry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're, full of, we're full of the Rule of Threes. Oh my gosh. Poor, poor Otis. You know, he's just trying to live his life. You know, make sure everything's okay in in the in the big city where all this rift madness is going on. And oh my god, the in and outs just were not giving him a break. <laughs> but I'm it was so to bring you guys onto my rooftop. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you live here. <laughs> that was so good. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that he was brought into this season, and we just literally dragged him around for, like, a few episodes. No, what we need to do is we need to start bugging Kevin Carpenter to make a uh, character sheet for Otis. We need an actual character sheet for him now, so he can be a playable character. Oh yeah, well, actually, him to do that. <laughs> yeah, I could have sworn that he was a, a playable character. Did he? Did he really make up Otis on his own? Um, okay, so when I interviewed him, because he was my first uh, Behind the Mist interview that I did yeah, on here, yeah. and that was part of what we talked about, just because Oz is such a memorable character from that first season alone, he he had him played out so much different than how it happened, because, so I'm assuming you've listened to all the first season by this oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. yeah, you know that uh, 
uh, Detective Strange and Leo and Doctor Leo were just completely ignoring the birds right off the bat. Even though that was part of their power, their crew theme, they were just ignoring the birds outright. Yes, but um, Eugene, yeah, uh, Eugene, free, free, free. It. Yes, <laughs> he noticed the birds, being the kind of person Eugene is, and followed them, and that's how Otis got introduced. And that's this whole that whole episode between Eugene and Otis was like one of my favorite episodes. Oh my god! From that first yes. season, it's like I'm starting to regret bringing you onto my rooftop. I'm starting to think all your friends are more than just birds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. You're making me want to listen to the seasons again. Oh man. I uh, there were a couple of clips like I had to I had to save on my phone because I was like, I need to be able to listen to this. Um one of them was it was Lenny and Benny. <laughs> Lenny and Benny. <laughs> Lenny and Benny arguing about something. I don't even remember what, but the banter was so good. I, I had to save it. Um, definitely worth going. Like these are these are definitely seasons that you will enjoy like more than once. And I'm I'm so glad <laughs> like that we have this medium that we can just go back and listen. I've listened to every episode of that podcast like at least two or three times because I say it has that replay value to where. No matter how many times you listen to it over and over, you will still laugh just as hard as you did the first time you heard the episode. Because no matter when it gets, when, when, how many times I all hear it, when it gets that, and when they're trying to escape the casino at the end of that heist, and mm-hmm. Eugene goes, Wind me! I just instant cackling of laughter. <laughs> Wind me! Yes. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> so good. So brilliant with making their characters, and I appreciate how they just commit. To the bit, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also helps that I, the majority of them are also voice actors, so that skill really helps with them as well. They basically are improving and putting that to the test at the table. Oh yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I've definitely felt like this has been such a nice environment to grow the improv skills, maintain the improv skills, um, and and uh, oh man, yeah, it's it's been so fun. Yeah, but anyways, back to what I was talking about earlier. I got off track there for a second. When uh, when Eugene met Otis, how uh, Kevin originally played it, all went out the window, basically. He went from being this so serious character to just being one of the most hilarious characters that people have gotten to know and love. Like, on the City of Mist Discord, whenever Kevin Carpenter uploads an episode and it yeah. has something to do with Otis, people will leave carrot, not carrot, parrot emoji reactions on the episode. Oh, yes, because crackers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and they'll also say, like, if there's a certain NPC that sticks around, they'll say, oh, here's the crackers of my game. That's oh. what they'll literally describe it as. So, oh, yes, I almost forgot about crackers. I miss, I miss crackers. Miss crackers. Crackers must return. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely agree. So good. <laughs> well, we've well the game. It's already been established that like the characters from season one are still in the city doing other things because like Doctor Leo got mentioned a couple times here and there. Oh yeah. After the after the uh, the caped crew crater Moonrock heist. Oh yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like that's why they call me the Kid Crew Crater, Dad. That's the, I did not want to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm happy for the cameos like. That this is not not a show where when you're done with the season, that that's the last time you'll see the characters ever. You'll definitely have a pop up every now and then, and and that's what brings people back. I think for listening is you never know um, who you're gonna hear from. Yeah, but then also um, just kind of going into Corey's relationships with the crew. Mm-hmm. Just looking at that, the interactions alone, because we got like how 
okay, remind me Jason's character's name again. I, that's uh, Leland Myers. Yeah, her and Leland working under the Olympus Mafia family, basically. Mm-hmm. So they have that kind of connection together. Like, you guys have some moments here and there, but it's not as deep, I would describe it. And then mm-hmm. I also love uh, Marty and Corey's kind of like the father daughter relationship they kind of like to have every now and then, like right before that moon heist started. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite. That was my absolute favorite. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the strongest relationships that, we, at least as far as we were able to share during the the podcast up to this point, you know, it's it's been, you know, it's, it's clear with how she met Marty and like why he's still around. Um, even though, you know, he gets annoyed or frustrated. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's getting clearer, um, Leland and, and Corey's connection and, and it's, it actually gets pretty interesting there too. I won't say too much. Um, and then for Bravo's character, Logan, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot going on personally, um, but I would say, I would say I would be interested in having more there, you know, because I mean, everybody honestly has their own super interesting backstories and, and how they end up where they are. Um, and Bravo's does such a good job of, you know, having, having that mix of, of serious and funny with, with Logan's like inner turmoil, um, Gosh, I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm low key, kind of like, you know, somewhere down the line, we should just have another in and out season because <laughs> all of these characters are so great. Yeah, it's like, and also the 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 fun idea. What was it? The Kenny's or Lenny's restaurant they meet up at? Oh yeah, Kenny's. Yes, that's <laughs> that's the big that's the big to do, the place to go <laughs> for the in and outs. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, another one of my kind of favorite moments was a uh, crispy core. <laughs> crispy core? Oh my gosh! Or uh, uh, was it Charles? Charles Junior? Whatever. Like, yeah, all these different. <laughs> oh yeah. Was uh, was that something that you guys would do? I haven't watched or listened to all of your episodes, but was that something you guys would implement? Would <laughs> to like make sure nothing got copyright stricken or whatever? Um, so I, um, some place I will always, um, parody places just because I think it's funny just to parody places because, um, I'm not like, like, I don't make anything from doing this. I'm doing this yeah. just because I love it. So I'm not too worried about getting copyright struck. Cause I'm like, what money are you going to get from me? I'm a, I'm just Southern white trash basically. So at this point, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I always say like, like so, some places I've done like there's the, the sun, the Starbucks in City Mist is called the Sun Dollar. The oh, um, I love that. Let me see. The Waffle House is Syrup Shack. Love it. Uh, Taco Bell is Burrito Chime. Yes. And then oh, just trying to think. Um, oh, instead of a Burger King, it's Chicken Queen. Oh my gosh, yes. Because <laughs> that was a uh, one of my one shots I did with uh, another podcast. Uh, that was um. One of the issues was uh, the Chicken Queen prices are too high. The Chicken Queen! Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, I'm just naturally... Oh, and then a, po- a game I ran before, I even started this. Instead of Hot Topic, it was Goth Poppet. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. 
So yeah, and if 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 I do like if I like make NPCs that are supposed to be like clear parodies of like in real life people, I will always just like switch up the name somehow. Yeah, one way or another. I haven't done it too <laughs> much, but there's just been some funny moments. Like um, so in my demons across end case, uh, the one of the characters that's actually out of the case book, his name is Michael Amagi. And I thought the way that name played, I thought he was a Frenchman. So I started giving him a French accent. Yes. But, the, but my problem was, I forgot that it that the French word for Mr. is monsieur. And I thought it was, oh, it's senior. So in this French accent, this guy's going, senior Declan, senior Declan. Because one, char- one of the characters was Declan Lestrange from the pre-gen set. Yeah, yeah. And then apparently, tor- and, they, and they didn't tell me this till like the very last session of the game that, no, I had apparently was wrong about this language the entire time, and then apparently Amagi is apparently a Japanese name. Oh, no. <laughs> so, it was this, we had this whole, so after it was all said, we just came up, okay, we gotta figure out what this guy's backstory is, so I think we said, uh, we said it was a Hispanic mother, born from, born in Japan, that basically kind of flew over the world and, like, took art studies in France. Yeah. So we have a Hispa- so we have a Japanese looking man who's who who is who speak who can who could speak Spanish, but also has a very thick French accent. Oh my gosh, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that one kind of had to force my hand since I messed up, and they're like, "Oh great, now y'all tell me." Oh no, you're like I'm in too deep. <laughs> yeah. All right, so kind of moving away from rolling this for a second, let's get to know about Bex herself. So, oh, as yeah. we stated, you are also an actress and a short film director. What kind of what started up that passion? Was it like what started that up for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as as I like to put it um, when I'm speaking to the press, no, um, I would say at a very young age. You know, it's it's definitely. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing for boys. It it must be it, to some to some aspect, but like. I know as a kid, um, me with my cousins, um, you know, we were always like, you know, let's play the pretend games, you know, of course there's always, you know, like, I'll be the princess, I'll be this, I mean, I suddenly like we're cats, blah, and like that, that was always the thing, it was, it was those creating stories kind of games with, with friends and cousins when I was young that I, you know, would get the most excited about. And that was something that we would return to periodically, and then eventually... Yeah, I mean, nobody told me that you're supposed to age out of that. Um, so there would be a point where I'm like, okay, I've got this new story, and this is what I want, you know, this is how I want it to go, or like, blah, blah, blah. And my, my cousins would be like, um, you do realize we are 15, right? So I'm like, uh, yeah, and... And then, you know, obviously, you know, I've grown up watching a lot of movies or, or TV shows and whatnot. So pairing that and then I'm watching like Lord of the Rings, um, you know, and and I don't know, I think it was like the end of middle school or, or end of high school or something like that. And um, I, I just got hit with this wave of like, mom. I should be doing this for a living. I need to be telling stories, you know, like whatever that looks like. But I just, I need that to be a part of what I do, you know, for, for life, you know, is, is working with other people to make stories happen, whatever that, whatever capacity that ends up being. And, um, so carrying that into college, college was when I really started getting into or, or had more training, I should say, and, and experience of 
writing, editing, um, you know, I had the friends and, you know, the resources in, in college to be like, hey, let's make something really stupid, you know, <laughs> and then let's throw a premiere for it. And I did, you know, very small scale, like absolutely no budget. You know, I paid people in coffee. Um, <laughs> but that that was where I started, like, cutting my teeth on the the film process. Um, and, and even though my projects were, again, low budget, um, I even watching them today, I'm like, you know, I can still see that potential that was there. And I genuinely enjoyed the process um, of, of being both behind and, and on camera. Um, yeah, this is this is still something I feel very strongly about. So, you know, after my f training and, and getting, you know, my my uh, degrees and whatnot, I was like, okay, let's let's continue this on to L.A. Keep keep the learning, keep the, you know, making connections and just seeing what projects we can make with people. Um, and I'm happy to say that, you know, even though this is like like any serious career, it's, it's going to take forever <laughs> as it sometimes feels um uh, you know i'm i'm doing what i love with the people that you know i've met and and i enjoy that and again you know i would say i'm not sure how ultimately how the career part of things will end up looking but i'm i'm so happy to say that i'm i'm still making my projects and to be connected to the the odd boys and and helping them with theirs um it's it's such a wonderful community out here. I'm I'm really glad to be a part of it. Yeah. So I like that you brought up Lord of the Rings because I was beginning to think about. So if you most neighborhoods in suburbia, it seems like a, every neighborhood has at least one giant pile of just straight up dirt that the neighborhood oh, yeah. kids would play on. And I remember my preteen years at the height of uh, the Lord the original Lord of the Rings movies. Um, a bunch of us would go up to that dirt hill, and we would all be uruk high orcs and elves, all fighting each other. Yes, I and love just that. Running dirt up and down this grassy, dust-filled hill with large sticks, trying not to poke each other's eyes out. And I, I've always been because I have autism. I have always shared that with people. Very open about it on my podcast. I've always been more creative-minded. Yeah, and I, and that's really what I think really got me into City of Mist and just Powered by the Apocalypse type games in general is because of that almost a free flowing narrativity that you can mess with in a lot of these games, especially with City of Mist. That's what really drew the game to me the most. And like I said, if it wasn't for you got me, you got me finding your podcast at the start of the co year of our wonderful Lord and Savior COVID nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing this, like I said. So, yeah. yeah, I just love that. And I think it's funny. It's like you say, like, oh, we're supposed to age out of this. I'm like, we age at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we still age. You all are still aging. I mean, my body, yes. My mind, not so much. I still have immature 12-year-old mindset sometimes. Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I mean, that's that's what keeps the creativity alive you know you know i don't want to just punch in punch out at a job i'm like how can i just play games <laughs> i just want to keep playing games that's it yeah yeah i prefer uh like my job is a more physical one which i greatly prefer than just sit, having to sit at a desk and staring at a screen for eight hours a day yeah just because i'm 
I can't kind of keep myself still or focused long enough to be able to do something like that. Oh yeah. So I prefer to be up. I prefer to be moving, and I have no, I have no problems just getting down and dirty if I have to. So. Oh yeah. It's like that's kind of like a typical man thing, though. At the same time, but at the same time, I don't think like a lot of guys like me were like I would rather do that in the hundred degree warehouse than sit in an air conditioned cubicle. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I, I don't know too much about the, the male experience, but I, I mean, people people are built different, I think. Just, yeah. you know, some like it to be, sta- or like, I guess, sed- sedentary? You know, to be like, I don't have to worry about anything except this small space. And then some guys are like, nah, I don't care if it's uncomfortable, I'd rather, like, move a bunch of heavy stuff. Yeah, that's a, that is a fair point, I do agree with that. It does depend highly on the person. It's just, I guess I look at, I'm also thinking like kind of majority over minority kind of type deal too. So majority of guys, yeah. yes. But then again, there's also that. So you are correct on that. And so getting, going back on topic again, um, tell us about some of the projects you've done. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's see. So like I said, in college, I <laughs> it was more just like, let's just film something. And um one of my buddies who she's she's not necessarily into film but she is into writing you know it was it was like during winter break in college and and we had both agreed like hey i think we can film something um we we did this crazy week of like okay the first night we stayed up almost all night just writing this this script with little to no editing um and then the next day i start sending out texts and emails of like hey we are gonna do this thing i want you to be a part of it so i casted it um of like i don't know 20 people and then um recasted it over the next few days because you know people's schedules changed and then you know we were still obviously in college so we're like okay easy that's our location we're just gonna make it work whatever that looks like we're gonna make it work at this college for our film location um and then finally that weekend um people showed up we did two days of of filming and and i mean it was it was wild i i didn't have any experience of really directing um say i would have i have light experience of directing at this point i'm just a naturally kind of bossy person if i get to sit in that seat so um i was able to coordinate and and my my buddy was there to assist and we were both acting in this project and um so by the end of the week we we had everything filmed and wrapped um and then i to <laughs> I, I would I would say it's, it's very apropos for for me. Um, I took like a year to edit because <laughs> I was like I don't want to touch this. That was a crazy week. I'm tired. Um, but after that year, we did our our premiere. You know, we had a little red carpet action going on. We all met in one of the classrooms at college. Used the projector. Uh, we had like 30 people show up and um, even though the sound quality was terrible there were a lot of laughs um, and and the cast and our friends showed up and, and it was really really inspiring to be like hey even though this is like you know I mean to be realistic it, it's not it's not much in com- if you were to compare it to a lot of other projects that are out there but like but this is something and this is something I'm excited about um we ended up making a sequel and did the same thing the next year 
Um, and again, exciting and inspiring and being like, okay, and, and we've learned a little bit, um, you know, so the quality was upped, you know, a little bit more. Still a little trouble with audio because for whatever reason, we were only filming when it was rainy and windy, <laughs> but but we made something happen and that was that was really cool. And, and after those two, um, I, I would say like, yeah, bigger, bigger projects, I guess you could say. Um, and it was closer to my time to moving out here. Um, one of the things I also did was I collaborated with my brother, who's a musician, and also, you know, he's, he's a uh, uh, videographer. Um, we worked together to make, uh, like, a music video. I gave him a prompt for a song, um, and he created it. And then I reached out to my friends, um, who I knew that, like, were awesome dancers like you know i had i have a team that's been touring around california um and you know i was like hey you know would you guys be able to just i'm looking to do something just artsy you know some visual fun stuff um i can work on like the the costume aspect i may have a cameo in this thing but i just want i just want to film something and it ended up being a really cool um music video that like the the concept is just kind of uh well it's called theta uh which is kind of like that that mind state when you're you know going to be creative um and it was kind of like my take on what that might look like and um yeah that was just something i did before coming out to la um, once I was in LA, I did some some horror film um, festivals, little fifteen second things, and and then I met the Odd Loop Boys, and uh, we've just been kind of working on like projects for them, um, projects for me um, that are that are still in development. But again, looking forward to just having something out there and working with other people while I'm doing it. All right, and that makes me think of a question. Um... So are there any future plans for the William in the in the Miss podcast or is Odd Loot wanting to move on and try other things now at that point? Because I know like just t- t- in the TTRPG community it's all been all the craze about games other than D&D now at this point. So I'm just curious about is do are we going to be seeing more from Rolling in the Mist at some point or are we going to be able to hear some maybe some new things coming from the Odd Loot crew? Um, well, I know, I know, you know, we do love rolling in the mist. We do want to do more of that. Um, but we also, I mean, you know, Kevin puts in a lot of work, um, for, for these things. And I know whatever he, you know, I guess workload wise, we want to be considerate of that. Um, but then there's also, you know, Odd Loot does so much more than just, you know, tabletop games so we are looking into short films um and we've discussed other games too um so yes and no yes we are already talking about more more rolling um but then we're also gonna see what we can put out this year that's that's different and and you know other genres for us so I was just thinking about, like, if y'all decide to move on to another game, what would be a really funny idea to see happens if someone was taken out of the player seat and thrown into that game master's seat? Like, go up to problems like, oh, you think uh, Chris is a dumpster fire? Then here, you can be the dumpster fire change kind of deal. <laughs> oh my gosh, just switch roles like that. Well, I mean, the dumpster fire... 
Oh, the dumpster fire. Poor Chris. Oh my gosh. He does wonderful work. No wonder he's asleep. You know? <laughs> but I, I know the guys give him a hard time. Oh my god. Uh, but I can uh, see like yeah. Pablo or Ryan like taking over the game master seat and like running yeah. a game. I could see them being good. Like, like give Kevin Carpenter a chance to play for once because I know what it feels like to be a forever DM at this point. So I've yeah. Only- I've only been a player in like two games myself. So it's like, I don't get the chance to play that often either. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I would say with my, with my home brews, with just like my friends in life, um, I, I definitely express, Hey, you know, I, I want to make sure I don't get stuck in, in this role. Cause I honestly have more fun playing than, than DMing, um, or GMing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think at least Bravo, um, I know Pablo's very busy, um, you know, because he's got his own businesses and what th- and whatnot. Um, I think it would be fun to have Bravo be, be the GM and also maybe get him a little bit of a taste of his own medicine. He's always giving Kevin such a hard time on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Although no, I, I know he would take it like a champ. He would he would be able to roll with the punches. He's very good at that. Yeah. Oh, so many good moments from both seasons that I will always never forget. Just amazing. And then Well, another thing that I just re- I literally just remember to see y'all do is I know you, Ryan, I think one of the other uh members of your crew sometimes do Twitch streams. Yes, yes. And so I, I just thought that was funny, fun too, that you all, like, you're this multifaceted group of people, like, oh, we do tabletop RPGs. We're also big video game nerds as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just nerds all around. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. Bravo's been getting back on the streaming. Um, I know I. I'm not able to do streaming right now, but I, I have my roster of games that I will very excitedly be be streaming um, when when I can. It's just like you know schedule life stuff, but um, yeah, keep an eye out for for just I think it's just underscore Bravo, um, and then for my you can find me anywhere. Daspex again. I, I like to keep it simple and consistent, so you know I'm not trying to be a mystery here. <laughs> All right. Um, let me think if there's anything else I want to hit on, or is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty content. I can't think of anything right now that I'm like, I need the people to know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's like, like I, I just always keep tying back to just how great say a mist as a get system is, and just how much fun it was listening to rolling in the mist the first time i discovered it just all the fun moments and um just another funny moment i just thought of uh corey's um gla- what's it called uh oh, bedazzled her bedazzled hazmat suit that they wore before they went to the sewers oh yes because she couldn't just have a hazmat suit it had to be pink bedazzled yes um everything i imagine you know wherever she goes just picture her pink and sparkling you know like the rosé that's it 
Yeah, it made me think of the 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 that the move that rock movie game plan where he's got the daughter and she's bedazzling all his clothes. Yes, so good. <laughs> I love that movie. So cute. Oh, here's something. Um, if people want to keep an eye out, um, I know Jason and I have been talking about what merch odd loot can put out, especially for like rolling in the mist because there were so many key moments. Um, I, I'm, I'm working on some designs for like, you know, shirts or mugs or whatnot. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to a Corey mug that says, I don't drink anything I don't get carded for. Um, that, that is going to be my mug that I will just live with forever. Um, so absolutely keep an eye out for that. We will be figuring out how to make that ordering i guess system work yeah um definitely high with the crime family needs to be on the shirt or mug hands down yes and then as soon as because they mentioned this in the first season i'm still waiting for the shirt um keep calm use veteran doctor's call oh yes bravo um abused the crap out of that power tag so much (laughs) veteran doctor's calm he did he did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so Definitely once, need to listen to that again. Yeah, I am buying yeah, so once that shirt finally gets put out, I will be buying that immediately. So Absolutely. Yeah, I'll bring that to the team. <laughs> and then just like an odd just like a odd loot logo shirt in general would be something cool to own too. Oh yeah, we do like, we do actually we had the test the test uh print out for those. So I'll be checking with Jason to see where we're at with that okay um, so i yeah so i got a fun one that we can do and this is one i go into a that i like to call the hot seat okay and so and this has and i'm this has been brought up a few times uh it's been talked about on the show but i'm interested to see hear your kind of the thoughts and opinions on it so for the longest time a lot of people would describe the tabletop community as being ve- very male dominated and which i do agree with mm-hmm but we see now that, especially as the year that I've been around in this community, I see so many different other kinds of creators, female included now. Because, mm-hmm. like, literally, the one shot, one of the one shots I've done was for a podcast called Swords and Sky Mommies, and they're all female. Yeah. Hands down. So I got to run a game for five chaotic females in this mm-hmm. group. And they were, it yeah. was a blast, though, all around. Love them all. Yeah. And. But one of the other ones I've done is there's another group called Chromatic Roses, and they're like a tips and tricks tabletop podcast. Right, right. And one of the things they said that even though there's been all this change, yeah, it's like all these same, some of these same like known women that are in the community are also like getting attacked at the same time, which I completely disagree with as well. Mm. So I'm just kind of interested, like just as a, as being Bex in the being one of the boys basically with Rolling in the Mist, what are yeah. kind of your thoughts and feelings about that? Yeah, as being being a woman in the uh, in the gaming podcast community. Uh let's Sorry, see. Well, I mean, I think it's um <laughs> I would say yeah, there there is I mean, a little bit of feeling of like you know, do I need to prove myself to be here or can I just play? But I I would say the the odd boys are very good at like they've they've been very welcoming and and very supportive. So for my experience with them, 
um it's it's been um very encouraging and and i would say like as far as the feedback in like social media for our show um the community's been very supportive there as well so um i mean obviously that's just my experience i know um that there there can be differences um but i'm i'm very happy to say that the the odd boys very supportive and the the fans have been super supportive too um like like you it's it's been so great to hear you guys share your thoughts on what's going on in the show yeah so one of the things that i stated when i started was i was tabletops are supposed to be for anyone of every race belief or gender yeah as everyone should be able to come sit down at the table and just have playing fun playing a fun game that's yeah. always been my belief and when i was on twitter for the short time i was because it's toxic and oh, yeah. i got flack for that mm. which i thought was like really this very positive message that I shared, you disagree with. Yeah. I got so much for that. And then people try to attack me for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving Twitter. And so I stay as far away from that. And I just stayed on Instagram. And I've been a lot more positive feedback on that than I've had anywhere else. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found a place that was more. I guess agreeable. Um, yeah. And it's, it's so weird. Cause it's like, guys, it's, it's just a game. <laughs> it's just yeah. a game. You know, it's, it's purely entertainment, joy, something you do with your friends. I, I don't understand where the hostility comes from. Um, but I mean, obviously that's to each person that, that comes from something that like, you know, who knows, who knows what their, what their path is, why they're this way. But I would say at least, in more recent times more often than not people are pretty supportive you know i see a lot of um gosh cosplays done by both men and women um i've i've listened to mixed podcasts you know of of men and women playing together um and and just just in general whoever wants to play you know um it's it's fun to listen regardless of who they are or whatever their story is, you know, as long as they're having fun, I'm going to have fun. Um, so that's, that's where I sit. Yeah. One of the things I will always state is that I will not, I do, I may not always agree with everything that people say in this community. We all may have differing opinions or mm -hmm. disagreements, but that's okay. As long as you can still at the end of the day, sit down at the table and just have a good time with it. Yeah, like, exactly. Cause because I, under the personal belief that all that stuff that happens outside of the table should not be brought into the table, unless it's like you're playing around like a certain theme, kind of like, sort of. Because some people will do that. Oh, but yeah. But other than that, sense. like, for my stories that I run, it's just, I want everyone to have fun. Let's solve a mystery. Figure out who, figure out if the butler did it or not. And that's that, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. Um, and yeah, people people can just be they're peopling. They're just peopling really hard, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I appreciate that question um, and and your outlook on it as well. Let's I'll take try to get us out of this uh, now depressing mood that I accidentally put us both into. So. <laughs> um, did you have any other? Just because I know I like to just create characters still on the side every now and then because like. 
it's funny that you brought up Harley Quinn because a character concept I did is a because it was based off a Harley Quinn podcast that's out there now is a female pimp with the rest of the Carney clown and her getup is almost similar to Harley Quinn's and she's got that giant hammer as well so oh that's so fun that's so fun um like is is the question do I make up characters just do you have any have? other characters that you've like also like like to toy around with as like ooh this would be a fun character to like play as kind of deal yes Oh, yes. Um, I don't want to give, like, too much away um, in case they do make it into a show. Um, but I would say, like, a lot of a lot of my characters, if I'm not just drawing it out um, based off of a prompt, a lot of my characters come from conversations I have with people um, and just kind of, like, a bit that might take on a life of its own. Um, and I would say one of, one of those that I would love to bring to life for a show and just see how, how it goes is, um, that inner voice of like, you know how, I mean, I'm sure you have experience or a lot of us have experience of like customer service and there's the you that you put out when you're like being that customer service person and then there's the real you when you're like off the phone or you're off the clock and i just want to have a character that there's there's no real customer service persona she is who we all like you know all of those like you know frustrations and whatnot she she doesn't have any qualms of just like having that be present and that's her personality like there's you know i'm like how can i play with that where she's just someone that takes takes no crap but it's it's like that oh and i don't want to give too much away um okay i will say and this is fine um there there would definitely be some some aubrey plaza like inspiration for sure but i have some some twists and quirks for her personality that i think would just be really fun to bring to um city of mist or another tabletop game yeah like whenever i always have a character concept i have an artist buddy of mine that's done a lot of the character artwork that's on my uh, instagram page i'm just like hey here's this idea can you do it and yeah. so like I've done, um, let's see, I got a high school student. That's a rift of a uh, Joseph with the coat of many colors for the relic. Oh, nice. I've done, I have a street magician. That's the rift of the Scarlet King SCP. Yeah. And then the newest one I'm kind of working on is the city of version of John wick, but he has the rift, but he's got the rift of Baba Yaga. Because oh my in the movie in the John Wick movies, the the bad guys refer to him also as like the boogeyman in Baba Yaga. Yep, exactly. And one of the ideas they talked about, like, oh, his weapons are stored in Baba Yaga's chicken leg hut. So he has an enclave thing of the chicken leg hut. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. <laughs> oh, All right. So good. Well, I think we're about to near up wrap this up here a little bit. Would you like to shout out where people can find and listen to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone wants to find me for the streams, um, find me on Instagram. Um, just say hi. Um, you can find me Das Mexican. That's D A S, and then that's Mexican with a B, so B E X I C A N. Um, yeah, yeah. Say hello. If you have any questions, I'm all ears or eyes, as you will be messaging me through an app. But yes. That's that's pretty much it. I'm I'm more than happy to say hello back. 
All right. And once again, make sure you check out the Rolling in the Mist podcast on whatever preferred podcasting platform you listen to. They are still going strong with season two, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from them, as always. And then, as <laughs> always as well, you can find me on Instagram at Podcast, M-I-S-T-U-N-K podcast. And if you want to email and talk to me that way, you can always email me at mistunkpodcast at gmail.com. This was really great, Bex. I'm glad we got to do this, and I look forward to hearing more from you. Yeah, thanks for having me.